Well, let's go ahead and get started tonight. We're going to be back over with our study of Ecclesiastes. We're in chapter 7. Uh, hopefully you had a good in-between service time, some uh, good food and possibly nap time for those of us that indulge in that uh, <clears throat> that uh, blessing, get an opportunity to do that. Um, but uh, you know it's a good nap when you wake yourself up snoring, so... <clears throat> then you've, uh, you've, you've accomplished that to some degree, I guess. But All right, well, let's go ahead and pray, and we'll get started this evening. Dear Heavenly Father, again, we are very thankful to be here, thankful again, Lord, to just receive instruction from your word. And Lord, I just thank you that you have uh, um, given us um, this guidance from your scripture, uh, this guidance about how to live our lives, this guidance about what is important and the priorities uh, that, uh, that, uh, should direct us in our day-to-day activity, what we should consider when we go through difficulties and trials. And Lord, again, uh, what it is that you accomplish by the work of your hands. I pray, Lord, that, uh, as we just continue to venture through these verses this evening, that Lord, you would just give us a, a heart to listen, uh, a mind to understand, and Lord, a desire uh, to be changed by you and to receive uh, those uh, those truths from you. Thank you again, Lord, for those that are here. And I pray, Lord, that you just have this time be an honor and a blessing unto you in your name. And this I ask in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> All right. So we're in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, and we left off uh, uh, right there around the... The, the part where we were talking about, uh, the looking back on the old days and, uh, made a couple of mentions about that. Um, you know, people that are trying to, uh, uh, relive the past or go back to those days. And, uh, again, a lot of people will, will get into that mindset. They will think that the former days are, are were, were far less sinful than they were now. But uh, the truth is that's, that's just a, that's a lie. Uh, that's not the case. Uh, you go back and you study and you find that, uh, during the Old Testament, uh, even right up to Genesis chapter six, it was not a good time. It wasn't a good time to be alive. Uh, you continue on after that and you see that things just continue to degrade and things continue to be the way that they are. And while we may not necessarily, uh, see everything that is out there as far as uh, the sin and things of that nature, it just seems more prevalent today because we are more in touch with the, the media, if you will, and the notifications of it. We are constantly being told about these things, but these are things that have been going on for, for some time. These are things that, uh, again, uh, murder, theft, debauchery, uh, immorality, uh, those things, uh, we, we find that that is exactly what is uh, occurring today. You go back and you read uh, those things that uh, Paul talks about in the end times, and he goes through those lists of, you know, the unthankful and unholy, and you can go back through Scripture and you can track those same dark threads throughout all of history. Uh, people being unthankful, ungrateful, um, the unholiness, the 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 um, uh, the inconsistency, everything that we can see with those being disobedient, uh, all of it we can find coming through uh, Scripture and showing that man definitely needs a savior. Uh, and again, people will will say, well, you know, was, times were so much simpler way back when. Well, yes and no. Uh, you know, it just depends on what you think is simpler. Uh, you know, again, if you're talking about uh, uh, the, the wild, wild west, well, eh, it may have been a little simpler because there was far few, fewer uh, law enforcement officers out there, so there was a lot more murder rate. Um, and it was pretty simple. You kind of took justice into your own hands and did your own thing. And if, if, if that's what we think is the better, then as he's talking about here in verse 10, those are things that are unwise. It's just not wise to think that way. What, what, what is wise is to, to, to consider the moment right now, is to consider what we have given, uh, been given of God that we should look at how we are approaching, uh, every single aspect of our day-to-day life. 
And he continues on because, again, this is kind of a response to that question that he even asked of himself of of, uh, who knows what's good for man in this life in the previous chapter. And here he is going through and he starts identifying, you know, it's not good to do this. It's good to do this. This is a better thing to do than this thing. And we go through and now we're at verse 11 in this passage. I want to read these two verses of verse 11 and verse 12. And he says, wisdom is good with an inheritance, and by it there is profit to them that see the sun. For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense, but the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. So here he is, and he's talking about this issue of money. Now again, certain people will, will, will go over there, and they will misquote the passage of Scripture that talks about the love of money is the root of all evil. They will just truncate it and they will drop off the love and they will say money is the root of all evil. But that's not the case. We we need that to survive. This has been around for some time, a system and series of bartering, whether it's uh, money or whether it's, you know, gold and silver or whether it's, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the cow that we're pawning off or whatever it may be. Uh, there's a system of some sort of goods that are necessary to accomplish day-to-day tasks and some day-to-day living. You know, yeah, you still need to, to go out there and, and, and grow your corn. You gotta buy seed. You gotta do this. You gotta hire laborers. You gotta, you know, get the harvest. You gotta get it and move to one place. That means you gotta have a cart or something. Those carts break down. I mean, everything that we can think of that was, that, that is now is back then the same way. So when we look at this here, he, he, he makes it very clear that money is not the problem. Money is not the problem. The problem is us. The problem is how we handle it. People, people just don't handle it well at all. Uh, when, when, when people are given money, inevitably something, something goes awry. You, you take a look at, as a whole, as an aggregate, if you were to pull all of the, the people that win lottery, uh, in the United States of America and look at their health, the, you know, how they are living now and, the, you know, how their finances are, and you will find very few of them spent it wisely. Very few of them, uh, uh, did the right thing with it. They go out and what do they do? They buy a boat or they buy a plane or they, they, uh, buy an RV and they buy, you know, a land and they buy a mansion and they buy this and then they buy, you know, one of each one of those for their kids and then, you know, all this and all that. And, and the, the end result is, is they never spent it wisely. They never did anything with it. So when God's talking about here in verse 11, he says, wisdom is good with an inheritance. Wisdom is good with an inheritance. And, and, and if you will, you can kind of take a little bit of the inverse off of this and say that if wisdom is not considered in the inheritance itself, then there might be a problem with that inheritance. Because again, that can lead to the love of money or the misuse of it. So here again, we find God talking about some very serious things, and he's talking about inheritance, what we leave behind. What is it that we leave behind? And, and many times people want to leave behind small fortunes for their children so that their children don't have to struggle like they did. People will try to leave behind something that, that they will be able to have for the future so that they can do something with it. But as we've seen throughout this, he, he talks about uh, what happens when you amass all of this money and then you pass away and the guy uh, right after you has it, what does he do? He goes and squanders it. He wastes it. And the end result is, is it, it, all that stuff that you had earned was, was just, if you will, destroyed in an instant because the person had no wisdom with how to do, how to, how to handle it. Wisdom is the primary thing. We have to remember that. That is what David told Solomon. So when Solomon was asked of God, what do you want? Do you want riches? And his response was, no, I want, I want wisdom. I want to know how to rule these people. I want to know how to judge. Because I have absolutely no idea how to do this. They're great people. And God granted him the wisdom along with the riches. Along with the riches. But what we find in this passage is that there's, 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 there's a big difference with the legacy that we leave behind when we start talking about wisdom versus money. 
Now, to combine the two is a good thing. To combine the two is a good thing. So if somebody is planning for, you know, investing and putting in a lot of money or something for their children into the future, it, it, it should come with, if you will, a, an additional inheritance. The inheritance of wisdom. The inheritance of wisdom. I, I want to go to, to Proverbs chapter 4, and, and, and again, to see this, because this is important. We think of, obviously, uh, uh, Solomon being the wisest, as he's been described. But, he, but here's Solomon, and Solomon, uh, and I've talked about this before, and this is an important thing. This is, this is how you teach your children, okay? This is how you teach your children. In, in Proverbs chapter 4, in verse 1, it says, Hear, ye children, the instruction of a father, and attend to know understanding. I, I like that because it means that you actually have to be present to understand it. Uh, it, 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 it just, you know, when you're attending to something, it means that not only are you present in physical form, as we would often think about attending something, but it means that you're present in your mind. If you've ever taught a junior church class or a Sunday school class, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They may be attendance in physical form, but their minds are checked out. <laughs> it happens with adults, too. <clears throat> But here he is, he says, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsaking not my law. And he's, he, he, here he is, he, he's communicating. This is Solomon communicating, let's say, with Rehoboam, his son. Now, Rehoboam, he obviously didn't follow the right thing. But I want you to see what Solomon did here. Solomon followed his own advice that he's giving here. Because look at what his father said. Look at what his father said, and who was his father? David. He says in verse 3, For I was my father's son, tender and beloved, uh, only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words and keep my commandments and live. Now, to a degree, sometimes it kind of sounds like a little bit of a threat. Keep my commandments and live. You know, thinking about, the again, the inverse of don't keep your commandments and something's going to happen. But here he, he's talking about how are we going to live this life? How do we live it? If God has blessed you with money, you need to know how to use it. You need to know what to do with it. And as we go through this further in verse 5, here's what, Sol- what Solomon was told by David. Verse 5, get wisdom. Get understanding. Not, not get wealthy, not get successful, not get yourself a bunch of wives, not get yourself a bunch of land, not, 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 not get these physical things, but no, it's get wisdom, get understanding. And here he says, forget it not. Because we do have a tendency to forget those things that are wise. And as he goes through, he says, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Here's, here is Solomon learning the first part of wisdom, and he's learning that first part of wisdom from his own father. So that when God asks him, what do you want? God grants him that what he was told was the most important thing to get. In verse 6, it says, forsake her not, and talking about wisdom, and she shall preserve thee, love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. Uh, she shall bring thee uh, to honor. When thou dost embrace her, she shall give thine hand an ornament of grace, a crown of glory, shall she deliver to thee. Now, here's an interesting thing. As he goes through and he talks about wisdom here and what she gives, he says it's the principal thing. The principal thing. Now, that verse alone shows up, if you will, in, in, in true form throughout the book of Ecclesiastes. Because in Ecclesiastes, there's 12 blessings that he talks about with wisdom and what wisdom does. 
Now, again, we know that there's tons of it throughout the book of Proverbs. We understand that Solomon had great wisdom. We understand that there's a wisdom that comes from above versus the wisdom of this world that James talks about. And which one is is the best, which one is the better to have. But what we find here is that as he's talking, that 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 Solomon is saying, look, if you get a lot of money, it doesn't make it. It's not the best thing in the world to get. Best thing in the world to get is what, 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 what my dad told me, which was, I need to get wisdom. If there's one thing that you need to communicate to your children, whether you have children now, whether they're adults, or whether you plan on having children at any point in time in your life, is this. Tell them they need to be wise. Tell them to get wisdom. Now, this is going to do one, a, a couple of things in their life. Number one, they're going to say, okay, well, where do I get that? And then you have an opportunity to start teaching them where to get wisdom from God, from Scripture. Now, they may go, nah, I don't have time for that. You know, I'll just figure it out on my own. Well, there's figuring things out on your own and doing things the hard way, which is the way of the transgressor. And then there's things, uh, receiving it as a blessing from God because you're following him in obedience. Which one do we want? We shouldn't want or desire to, to, to always have to do it the hard way. If we're, if, if we're choosing the hard way every single time, that just tells uh, 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 the, the Lord that we are, are stubborn and rebellious. We should need to, to, to learn it the way from the Lord. We shouldn't have to experience it. I shouldn't have to experience Sodom and Gomorrah to know that pride is wrong. I shouldn't have to experience fire and brimstone coming down from heaven. I shouldn't have to experience, uh, up close and personal, the inside of a whale's stomach. I shouldn't have to experience those things. I shouldn't have to experience uh, what it is to, to become a beast of, for my life like Nebuchadnezzar and live as a beast for so many years and to realize the humility that God teaches. I, I, I don't need to go through that process. I can read it and I can understand it. Thank you. I don't want to go through that. I shouldn't want to go through that. But here he is, he's talking about it. And as, as God says in Proverbs, that wisdom is the principal thing. If wisdom is not applied to every area of our life as the principal thing that, 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 that brings everything together, then we are doing things in a very unwise fashion. We are doing things that are, well, foolish. It's as if we are ignoring God and what he tells us to do. Because wisdom is going to come from the Lord. That's the place, that's the source of it. As we go through and we find more uh, more about wisdom here, we'll, we'll continue on in just a bit. But if we go back over there to, to, um, to chapter 7 of Ecclesiastes, and in that verse, he says, wisdom is good with an inheritance. You know, it's good. It, 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 it's, you know, having an inheritance is good, but both together are the best option. It's the better part. Now, this is one of the ones that's, if you will, that's better, but is just not stated as better. But, 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 but wisdom with money is always better than just handing money to somebody. You know, you, you, you try to teach your children the value of money. You try to teach them how to buy correctly, how to buy the right thing. I mean, again, you can go to the Dollar Tree and you can buy the cheap knockoff thing for a dollar or, excuse me, a dollar twenty-five now. Um, <clears throat> that's such a shame. Anyways, a <laughs> dollar twenty-five and you go buy those uh, every month. And, you you know, by the time you're done spending that, you spend well over... Uh, close to $15 for an item when you could have spent a, a, you know, five or six dollars and only purchased it once and it lasts the entire year. Well, which is the better? Obviously, we, we, you look at the one of the initial outlay first. Yeah, it might be a little bit more up front, but in the long run, it's better financially. So, I mean, we, we, we look at those things from, from scripture and scripture, scripture will teach you how to how to how to spend wisely scripture scripture will teach you 
how to, to, to use your funds that you receive from God correctly. And let's not get into this mindset of, you know, well, 90% of it is mine and 10% of it is God. So whatever God does with his 10% is fine, but my 90% is mine. No, it's God's. It's all God's. He can take it away at any point in time. It's his. It belongs to him. Use it with wisdom. Whatever we receive from God should be used with wisdom. It should be used with wisdom. If you receive a position of authority, use it with wisdom. You receive a car, use it with wisdom. You receive a job that is given to you by God, use it with wisdom. You have a family, make sure you use it with wisdom. Yeah, we, we can all see those things are blessings in our life. But if they're not used correctly, what happens? Well, if you don't use your car wisely, what happens? It either breaks down or it's, uh, you know, against the side of a, a, a telephone pole or it's impounded because you were speeding. That's not using it wisely. A job. People go into the jobs today in, 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 in the work ethic. Oh, it's atrocious. It's just absolutely atrocious. Um, and, 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 and you, you, you want to see people do the right thing. And, it, and it's refreshing when you actually have somebody that is customer service oriented. I actually had to go in and take in one of my suit jackets because I went to go put it on this morning and the whole thing was all along the front was all puckered up. I'm like, what in the world? What's going on with this? Now, I'd taken it in once before and they had kind of pressed it out and they said it should be fine, everything should be okay. And, and it just it just looked horrible this morning. It looked like I slept in it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to figure something out. So I go over there in between church services and, and they took care of it for me. So much so that they said, well, we're going to have to order you a custom jacket now. At our expense. That's customer service. I just wanted, I was just like, can you like, you know, peel it open and put the glue down? And, and he goes, no, we're not doing that. And he said, it's just so much easier for us to just order a brand new one. And I'm like, okay, that's what you want to do. It's your company. <laughs> I, it, it was customer service oriented. We like customer service. We like to be treated with respect and honor. We like to be treated that way. So when you got a job, we should treat those that are around us the same way. You treat everybody on job site as a jerk, guess what's going to happen? You might get fired. Or when you need help, nobody's going to help you. There are certain people that when they call on the phone, I'm like, yeah, no problem. And then there's other people that call, and then I'm like, you're like, well, you're being preferential. Yeah, I am. Because on one hand, I don't want to enable bad behavior. I want to make sure what they're doing is they're doing it the right way according to the process that we dictated. Trying to do it outside of that just messes everyone up. So stick with the process. But when we look at what God's talking about here, wisdom being the principal thing, if we have to apply that and we're applying it to an inheritance and to money, then we need to know what to do with it, whether we're the ones that are creating the inheritance or we're the ones that are receiving it. We want the two to mix together. We want them to be mingled together. Because when we do it, he says, and by it, there is profit to them that see the sun. Look, this is kind of a a bit of a dark saying here. A person that doesn't see the sun is obviously no longer with us. So what he's talking about is those that are alive will see a profit with it if wisdom is associated with it. You know, wisdom should be the key part of the inheritance. If you if you don't leave anything but maybe a 1969 vintage Hot Wheels car to your kid, and 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 but you've taught them wisdom from the Word of God. They're far, 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 far better position than somebody that's got a million dollars that their that that their children or that their parents never taught them the principles of scripture. Because that money will never buy them a relationship with God. That, That will never get them close to God. But the wisdom 
requires that we do have it. Wisdom does require, as he says there uh, uh, very clearly, uh, about uh, you not forsaking her, loving her, and keeping her, that, that she's going to do a lot of things if you do that. There, there, there's a principle behind it. You know how you go through and you begin learning things in school? You start off with some very simple things. You start off with very simple things. They start teaching in, in lower grade levels. They start t- talking about, oh, look, this is a cow. Can everybody say moo? And the kids are like, moo. <clears throat> you teach them very simple. Now, now if we were to talk about cows, I'm going to go to Mike and I'm going to say, okay, tell me which is the best cow to have. He's like, well, you're not having a cow in your backyard. <laughs> He's going to tell me which one's good for milk. He's going to tell me which one's good for meat. He's going to tell me how to raise it. He's going to do all these things. Why? Because they've got cows. He didn't get that from kindergarten, did you? No. You learned that a cow went moo in kindergarten, maybe, right? <laughs> Cow's black and white. That's about all you, I mean, you know, and, and then finally, you know, you start moving on and then you learn how to spell cow, C-O-W. Like, oh, you know, you, you've reached the pinnacle of all knowledge. You know, you can spell it. But when we, when we start moving on in life and we start growing, that wisdom is the very first thing that we should be taught from a spiritual perspective. As a young person, wisdom. As a young Christian, wisdom. Those are things that are, if you will, as he said, principles. The principal thing, that's what needs to be there. Because if we don't have it, the rest of it's going to be a, be a problem. And here he says, there's profit. If wisdom is included in it, there will be a profit. There will be a profit. Now, again, this is the whole concept because, again, you go back to the very first part, the very chapter 1, he says in verse 3, What profit hath a man of all his labor which he taketh under the sun? He's like, where's the profit? Where's the profit? Where's the profit? Here he tells you where the profit is. The profit is in using the wisdom that God gave you, that you can obtain from him, that you can go and ask for, that he freely gives You go and you ask God for wisdom, he will freely give you wisdom. He will give you so much wisdom that at some point in time you might have to say, hold on a second, got to give it a little bit to catch up here. (laughs) Not that fast. (laughs) But he, he will give you wisdom to handle situations, to handle everything in this life. And here he is just simply talking about this thing as an inheritance. And again, look, it's not about the money. The prophet comes... Because of the addition of, of, or I should say the inclusion of wisdom in the inheritance. Because look at what happens. In verse 12, he, he, he clarifies this. He says in verse 12, for wisdom is a defense and money is a defense. He says they're both defenses. They both do the same thing, right? They both will help you in this life. You know, if you've got money, well, that's going to, help you accomplish certain things. Uh, if you have wisdom, again, that's going to help you accomplish certain things. And he goes through and he says, look, you know, they're both going to be a defense in this life. They're going to be, you know, when attacks come, there's certain things that you can do. There's certain things that you can go about using both of them for. Um, you can purchase things in advance. You can, you know, have money to reinforce structures and things of that nature. You can have wisdom to, to figure out how to use it correctly and how to defend yourself. You can use all of these things. I mean, they, they all kind of have the same purpose behind it. They can help you. They can defend you. They can provide some protection. But only one of them actually provides life. And this is what he says very clearly. He says, for wisdom is a defense and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. Now, I I, I like how he said that here. Because he he says, look, they're both a defense. but, But here comes the knowledge part of it. Here comes the facts. And, and, and he doesn't just say, this is just, just the facts, ma'am. 
This is just, you know, straightforward. He says, no, this is the excellency of knowledge. You know, there's certain things that you, that you learn in this life that aren't excellent. Uh, there, there are some weird things rattling around in my brain upstairs. And, and, and they come out at the weirdest times. And, careful. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I have, a, 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 as I say, a plethora of worthless knowledge. And I'll have a tendency to ramble on on that knowledge. And my, my wife used to have a little nickname for me every now and then. And, and when that nickname was, was, she would tell me, she would say, she said, oh, oh, that's okay. And then she would say the nickname. And I would realize that I had gone a little too far. <clears throat> but did that stop me? No. Just keep blathering on worthless information that nobody really cares about, right? You know, there's a lot of stuff up there that I have. There's, there's some stuff that, Honestly, I really wish I could forget. There's stuff up there that I really just don't want to know, but I know. There's things that I wish I could actually hit the delete button and purge it out. Um, uh, the only way that I can purge it out is if I continually provide uh, in my mind and in my heart the things of God to keep the stuff that I've learned down, to keep it away. That's it. The more I think about God, the less I think about that garbage. Okay? So that's the principle. But, but, you know, here he's talking about, this is not just some worthless trivia, okay? This isn't knowing how many, how many, how, how tall the Empire State Building is. This isn't knowing the, the, the square footage of Saudi Arabia versus, uh, versus Texas. This this isn't knowing those kind of, if you will, somewhat trivial facts. He says this is the excellency of knowledge. The excellency of knowledge is coming to the conclusion, coming to the realization that the fact that wisdom gives life is the excellent part of it. It means it's going to excel. It is above all the other knowledge that we could ever learn. So when we talk about wisdom, wisdom needs to be primarily talked about in our homes and wherever uh, we, we can to teach this, but because it, it is an excellent knowledge. It's the excellency of it. Beyond everything else, there we have wisdom being that, that, that top of the, the tier what God wants us to have in this life. You know, you've got the prosperity theory guys running around out there saying God wants you to be rich. So if you give God money and you uh, do all of these things, then you're going to be healthy and wealthy. And you're going to have everything that you ever wanted. And, and then what do you see? You see these prosperity preachers that are out there and what do they have? They've got a ton of money because they just guilted people into giving it. Not willingly, as God said, but they tricked him into it. Saying that if they do that, then God's going to cure them of their cancer. Or God, or you will never get cancer. Or if, you, if you're not giving enough, then that's the reason why you're sick. And if you're not giving enough and you're not uh, doing all those things, then, then that's the reason why all of these bad things are happening to you. It's like the first church of Zophar over there, Job's friends. It's like, no, we, we hold on just a second here. And they, 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 they're the first to readily accuse people of being in sin when they go through a hardship or, 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 or something happens. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, those churches must have had a lot of people repenting because everybody thought that they were, it must have been in sin when the recession hit. What's going to happen when the next one hits? But look, God isn't promising that. Money isn't the excellent part. The wisdom is. The wisdom. You can be wise whether you're poor or whether you're rich. 
And he should be wise. Because again, it is scripturally founded here. Because he said, he makes it very clear. He says, but the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. Take a look at a couple of passages of scripture. Go over to, um, to Psalm, uh, 90. Psalm chapter 90. In Psalm chapter 90, we've got um, Moses praying here. And it's interesting that Moses goes through and he talks about in verse 10 that the days of our years are our threescore and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, it is their strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. I mean, he makes it very clear. He says the average lifespan is 70 years. You know what the average lifespan that people generally live nowadays about 70 years give or take a couple of years but again he says look if you if you get a little bit more well you know there's strength labor and sorrow so just kind of suck it up <laughs> and and we think about that for a second and, and if you if you're anywhere near that 70 number you're kind of like well Again, you want to know how to make your days long on the earth? Honor your father and mother. Wow, of all things, honor your father and mother, that thy days may be long. That's a promise. And it's a promise that wasn't just given in the Old Testament. It's a promise that's given in the New Testament too. It supersedes any age that has ever existed. It's a principle of God. But what we find here in this passage is we go down a little bit further to verse 12. He says, so teach us, talking, you know, Moses praying to God. So, you know, here he is asking God, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. How much of our life have we spent on foolishness? Foolish pursuits. And I dare say, I I don't really even know I want to know the number in my life, okay? But but here he's, he's saying, Lord, you've given us 70 years. Teach us how to apply wisdom. Day to day, teach us how to use the wisdom you give us the correct way. Do we pray that when we get up in the morning? Now, look, you know, you get up in the morning and, and, and I, and I talk about morning prayers and things of that nature. You know, generally in the morning when I'm getting out of bed, it's more along the lines of, dear Lord, thank you for this day. Help me get out of this bed. <laughs> Give me strength to just kind of roll out of this thing without snapping something that I need. <clears throat> And, you know, and, and then as you get up and you start moving, you know, through through the house, you're like, thank you, Lord. And you start picking up a little bit more locomotion. It's like an old steam engine. It takes a little bit, you know, get you, you know, going there. There's a lot of smoking and puffing and huffing and, and, uh, and water vapor left around, but you're, you're getting it moving. You're getting it moving. But, you know, when you get that moment and, and you just, uh, you, you get the cobwebs cleared out and you're, 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 you're thinking about the day and, and you just take that time and that moment to just say, God, thank you for this day. May I use it for your glory. And look, I'm not just saying to use that in some kind of, kind of trite vein saying, this isn't, this isn't Roman Catholicism of, you know, Hail Marys and, you know, Our Fathers and things like that. I, I'm talking about, you know, with, with truth and, and desire in your heart that you would use it to glorify Him. Part of that, you should also be asking, Lord, as I go through this life, show me how to use this wisdom. You've given me some wisdom from your word. Lord, show me how to use it. Show me the right way. Because I, I don't know if I fully understand it, but Lord, you know, teach me to apply my heart to that wisdom. Now, 
here is the interesting thing. Wisdom is what is fixed and the heart is applied to it. Not that we take wisdom and apply it to our lives. We find verses that talk about that. But here he very specifically says, no, I want my heart applied to you, God. I want to have that connection with you. You know what that means? It means that we've got to want it. Not, Lord, just give me the download for the day. But, Lord, attach me to you to know you more. The more wisdom you have, the more you know about God. It's just simply that simple when we think about it. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. We read those passages over there in in chapter 4, but in Proverbs chapter 2, Take a look at verse uh, um, verse 1. It says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thy, uh, thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest up after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as hid treasures, then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and shalt find the knowledge of God. Wisdom is necessary for fearing God and for knowing Him. And I tell you, sometimes people don't apply wisdom when they try to know God. They, they, they apply the, well, this is what I think. Well, to be honest, God doesn't really care what you think about Him. What He wants is He wants you to come to Him and learn about Him from Him. From Him. That's where that's what he's talking about here, where, where he says you're to cry after these things. You're to go seek it uh, as if you're seeking a lost treasure, all of these things. But in verse 2, he says, uh, incline thine ear to wisdom. We see applying a heart uh, to understanding. So not only are we applying a heart to wisdom, but we're applying it to understanding here. But here, he very specifically talking about wisdom, he says, I want you to lean into it to listen. Do you ever have a person that's hard of hearing in your household? <laughs> I got two people in the back just testifying and some chuckles. <laughs> and you say something and you get this, what? <laughs> and you say it again and then there's this pause and there's this, what? <laughs> you just kind of, you just hang your head in defeat. Because <laughs> now you got to say it again. And you yell it as loud as you can. And there's a pause. What? <laughs> but when you want to really listen to something, you know what you do? You get close to the source of the sound. You get close to the source of the sound. When I hear something, I want to get close to the source of the sound. So if I'm listening to something, I, I, I will listen to to that. You ever hear, like, sometimes, and maybe you don't listen to classical music, okay. Well, I'll listen to classical music, and, I, and I'll, I'll hear it, and, and it's been recorded, and inevitably you hear somebody in the back going, <coughs> and it's recorded. It's recorded. There's this new thing that, that some people are doing, and they're going and they're playing pianos like like our piano, that is like on its last legs and is getting ready to, you know, and it's got squeaks and creaks and groans and things like that, and they're playing songs, and you can actually they use that as part of the the actual the, the music. You hear the thumps of of, of the the the. Um, the, the, the key, the little hammers there hitting the, 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 uh, whatever those are, the rods in there and things like that. I don't know anything about those things. <laughs> but you hear the creaks and the groans and the squeaks of it. And they're playing a very beautiful song, but you hear that. And, and, and for some reason, to me, it doesn't distract from it. Some people it does, but I, I listen to that. And, and to me, it seems more genuine. 
It's an old instrument that is just continuing to give its life. And, 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 and I'll listen to that and I'll, and I'll, I'll have the, the, the earbuds in and I'll be listening to it and I'll just, I'll listen and I'll be like, wow, that's, that's just amazing. And when we really want to hear something, what do we do? We listen. We get closer to it. Typically, when I go to other um, other churches, um, I, I, I like to sit up towards the front. I don't like sitting in the back; it freaks me out. Um, just, I'll sit in the front row. I don't care if I get spat on. Why? Because I want to focus and hear what God has for me. I don't want to see a bunch of people, you know, scratching their ears and doing stuff like that. I've, I've been, I've sat in the back. I, I want to sit up front. It's gotten me in trouble a couple of times, but <laughs> I, I, I want to sit up front just so I can, I can listen and I can hear everything. I like that. I like that. So what God is saying here is, is, is this instruction that Solomon's giving. He's saying, look, when wisdom speaks, you need to listen. You need to lean into it so that you can hear everything that is being said. That you don't miss a thing. Because that's how important wisdom is. If somebody came up to you and said, I want you to listen very closely... I'm going to tell you exactly where you can find $1 million buried out in Abrams Park. You know what you would do? Okay, let me repeat that. Go back through. Is that right? Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Why? Because it's something you would desire. Now, if you get that, you better make sure you apply wisdom to whatever million dollars you get. But you understand what I'm saying is we listen to what we want to listen to intently. Wisdom should be what we listen to the most. We shouldn't be listening to foolishness. Things that are contrary to God. We should be listening to him. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7, when we do that, this is what happens. Proverbs chapter 7, my son, in verse 1, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live. And my law as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman. Now, why is that? Because he wants you to stay away from the strange woman that he talks about in the rest of the chapter. But what is he talking about here? Very clearly, he's talking about, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen as if you are an important person in my life. I'm going to listen in such a way that, 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 that you're my relation. That, that, that I want to hear you because you're, you're, you're valuable. This is how we approach it. And you know what all of that brings about? It brings about life. Now look, I understand we're, we're alive right now, but, but we're talking about a life that is God honoring, that is pleasing. This is why wisdom becomes important. If we go back over there to the book of Ecclesiastes, I, I just want to point out a couple of things about wisdom that, that, that God talks about. I don't have a lot of time, so uh, um, we, we've continued. We've we've seen some wisdom mentioned. We, we've seen some things talked about. But but when we start talking about wisdom here in this passage, there's a few things that we need to learn about what wisdom is. Back in Proverbs, or excuse me, Ecclesiastes chapter two and in verse thirteen. What does he say? He says, wisdom is greater than the folly. Wisdom is going to exceed folly. Wisdom's the better thing. Wisdom's the better thing. What do we find also in regards to, to, uh, to wisdom that uh, he talks about? 
Um, he says, wisdom does not allow one to be uh, discouraged, even though you're questioning things that are going on in your days of your life. You find that over there in, in, in verse 10 of this chapter. It's unwise. So when things are rough, wisdom will get you through it. Wisdom will get you through it. You know what else it does? You find here that obviously we talked about it's good with the inheritance. So it's, it, it's, it, it's the best advantage for the future. This is why it's so important to give it to, to, to our children, to teach it to our children. The best investment in your child for the future is wisdom. Is wisdom. Better than anything else that's out there. Better than anything else that's out there. And I'm not talking about college career wisdom. Okay? I'm talking about wisdom from God. Um, the wisdom, obviously, we find here in the same passage, it enables somebody to be profitable in this life. Profitable. Meaning that you're actually producing fruit unto God. That's what this prophet is talking about. That is being brought unto, uh, it's for the Lord. Uh, in verse 12 of this, you know, we see obviously he talks about it's a defense. It will protect you. It will protect you. If you, if you have wisdom, you've listened to wisdom, it will protect you. You ever been walking through one of those situations where it's just, you just something about it just a little too shady? You're like, mm, yeah, I think I'm going to go somewhere else. That happens. That happens. There's been some scenarios where I walked into a place one time and it just, I got that the Lord telling me, I don't want to say it was a gut feeling. I don't want to say it was a vibe. I don't want to say anything of that nature. I want to say it's the Lord sitting there saying, no, go now. <laughs> and you go, yes, sir. <laughs> you're like, you're out the door because whatever, you didn't want a part of it. You didn't want to know what was going on. You just, I've been there where it's like, this is not a scenario you need to be in. So you need to leave. You know, sometimes people will get a little bit too pride-filled and they want to be there for the rest of it because they've got the bad feeling. Like, oh, I just want to figure out what's going on. No, run. <laughs> run. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. Look, if all of a sudden your spirit is not agreeing with the spirits that are around, then there's a problem. There's a problem. It's a defense. It gives life, as we see here, very clearly. It gives life. It gives a life worth living. A life worth living. So many times I hear that, that, that phrase that people are like, well, I just, I just want to be of some value in this world, in this life. Okay. Then take wisdom and use it. That's, that, that's the simple answer. Um, you, you, you take a look here in, in, in verse 19 and obviously over in chapter 9 and verse 16, wisdom's better than strength. Wisdom's better than strength. You know, you get into a fight with a pure brute that's got, you know, enough uh, um, arm power that he can, uh, you know, shatter a 12-inch log into, you know, thousands of splinters in a second. If you're wiser, you can defeat that. The devil is strong. The devil is powerful. You use, you use God's wisdom. You draw an eye to God. You submit yourself to God, the devil will flee from you. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. You find another uh, thing that it talks about, you know, what else wisdom does? Wisdom is connected to joy and holiness. Uh, um, excuse me, um, joy and boldness. You know, sometimes people are just bold for the sake of being bold. We call them brash. But God calls us to be bold in certain things. Don't be brash about yourself. Be bold in the wisdom of the Word of God. That's where boldness is. And it's very much connected with joy. You can't have real true joy if wisdom is not part of your life. It's absent. 
One of the other things that we do is it, 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 wisdom delivers in times of conflict. Over there in chapter 9, verse 16 in, this, in, in Ecclesiastes. And the only reason that I'm just giving the references now is you can go look them up later, but we're going to be getting to them. We've already talked about some of these. But, but it's important to understand that when you're going through war, you're going through a conflict in your life, you're going through some, some real serious trouble, wisdom from the Lord is what delivers. It's His. We always try wisdom of the world, and what does the wisdom of the world seem to do? Gets us deeper into the situation than we wanted to be in the first place. The wisdom of God does something far greater. Delivers. Another thing is, is that we, we see that it's uh, obviously, again, back over there in the Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 18, uh, that wisdom, wisdom is better than any weapon of war ever created. Man, they got some pretty crazy armaments out there today. And they've got these really cool little 40 millimeter grenades that they shoot and they're, they're rocket powered and they go, they fly and they fold out these little wings and they can be little drones, but they also have an explosive device so that as you're watching it and you see it and it goes past where it needs to be, it can blow up on the other side of the wall. They got some crazy stuff, crazy stuff today. You know what? Wisdom is a better armament than anything in anybody's material weapons of war arsenal. Wisdom is far greater than that. Last thing I want us to think about, you know, is this, is that um, that wisdom, if you go over to uh, Ecclesiastes 10.10, wisdom is, is capable of directing you to be profitable for God. And I want to close with this. Turn to, to Ecclesiastes chapter 10. <clears throat> In verse 10, it says, If the iron be blunt, and he not wet the edge, then he must put to more strength. If the knife is dull, it's not going to cut. You know how you cut yourself? Not on a sharp knife, on a dull knife. Because you're applying more pressure. That's usually when cuts happen. But here, what does he say? In, in, In very, very much Solomon proverbial manner, but wisdom is profitable to direct. You know what wisdom's gonna do? The profit it's gonna bring about in your life is the direction that you so desperately seek and need. When you don't have direction in your life, I guarantee you, your mind will wander. When you don't have direction in your life, you will be confused. But when wisdom is applied, the immediate profit and produce that it comes from that is you now have direction from God about how to do something in your life. See how wisdom is just, I mean, wisdom is just more than, than, you know, knowing how to, to discern whether, who's the, who's the mother of the baby that we hear about. It's far greater than that. It's how we live our day to day life. If we don't have wisdom as a believer, then we can't be a, a, a Christ-like and follow Him. We have to have that wisdom present. We have to. And next week, we'll take a look back over, you know, if we're back over there in chapter 7, we're going to see some interesting things about where he talks about considering. And the two, for two verses here, and I'll just read them to just kind of, if you will, uh, just provide a little preview. He says, consider the work of God. For who can make that, uh, uh, make that straight which he hath made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity... Consider, God hath set uh, the one over against the other to the end that man should find nothing after him. That's a very interesting way to phrase, God is sufficient. When in prosperity and when you are going through adversity, the one thing that you need to remember, there is nothing better than God.
There is nothing better than God. And we'll talk about that, Lord willing, next week. But let's go ahead and be dismissed with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for this time. Thank you again, Lord, for what you teach us through this passage. Lord, I pray that we would actively seek wisdom in our life. That, Lord, we wouldn't just desire to fall upon us, but, Lord, we would seek it intently as if we were seeking that physical treasure here in this life. Lord, may we seek it in our life to please you, to honor you, to glorify you. Lord, that we would have a life that is your life living through us, that we would glorify and honor you and praise you with all that we do. I pray, Lord, you take us home safely tonight. And again, I thank you for all that you've done for us. And these things I ask and pray in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.